Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die, where my goal is to give you evidence that although our bodies will disappear, we survive physical death. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the bestseller called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And today on the show, I am pleased to introduce you to a woman called Tony Green. Tony has been a channel, a medium, and intuitive for as long as she can remember. After Tony's last near-death accident, she embarked on the journey of her lifetime. She began using her gifts and abilities to help those seeking answers by connecting them with their loved ones and helping people on their life's path. She is the author of a series of books called The Ever-Evolving Journey for the Soul and hosts her own show called Messages from Above with Tony G. Tony Green is also a certified hypnotist and helps children and adults in many, many ways. So I'm excited for you to meet this extraordinary woman. So Tony Green, welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Hey, Sandra. Thank you so much for having me on. Hey, you're welcome. We've been Facebook <laughs> friends now for a while, and it's finally time that we get to talk voice to voice. I think that's pretty great. So do I. Technology is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Where do we start with this journey? Well, you, you live um Wisconsin. You said we just talked a few minutes before we started recording this in another great white cold place, recording this yes. in January 2017. Tell us a little bit about you. And, and um, yeah, I'm really interested to, to hear that you've known um, these things for as long as you can remember. And then you use the phrase um, near-death accident. So tell yeah. us about you, Tony. I've said enough. Okay. So okay. here, so um, for as long as I can remember, I've been a channel. I had no idea what a channel was. And sometimes I still, I call myself a vessel, sometimes mm -hmm. the channel, other times. Um, there's a lot of different titles. The biggest message I want to give to everybody is we are all that. We are all everything, right? So it's got to say more about and, that. We are all everything. Yeah, we are. And you, you know mean? what? I'm channeling. So here we go. Okay. <laughs> as long as, as, as I'm been a we'll just use the term channel because it's the most recognized term for what I do um, messages have just come through me sometimes it's just a, a blanket statement and it's one statement uh, in some cases it's a warning for a person in front of me and in other cases it's a decision that they should make whatever it is that uh, comes through me for them is something that is seemingly imperative to them in that moment. However, they may not even know it's going to be imperative for them, which is the beautiful thing in some ways. But then in other ways, I'll be sitting there giving somebody a message and they look at me like I'm a little bit la cuca la rue, as my one aunt used to say. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, so, uh, but I just, I, I give the message, not even knowing why I'm giving it, not knowing why, especially when I was younger, these things would come out of my mouth and just uh, know that it was, it was supposed to be and walk away like nothing ever happened. Can which you give, was, give us an example of what you mean? Yes. Um, I, I love this example because it's, uh, there's two examples I can use. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I was, uh, this is, uh, for, this was for a family member. 
quite some time ago. He was, I think, 16 or 17 at the time. And I, I was, we were, I was leaving his house and I jumped into my, I had a Jeep at that time. I jumped into my Jeep and um, all of a sudden, without knowing why, I open my door to my Jeep and I jump into the car that he was in. He was sitting in the back seat and I pushed him over and I said, listen, if you ever get arrested, don't say anything. And now this is so random, right? Right. It's such a random statement. And uh, he, he said, I wouldn't. I said, no, if you, and, I, and when it's really, really important, and in this case, it, it was such an important message for him, they repeat it over and over and over again. So after saying it three or four times, uh, just don't say anything. Um, he said, okay, okay, I wouldn't. And I said, okay, I just got out of that, that vehicle, closed the door and jumped back in mine. And we all took off and went our separate ways. Now, two important things. I didn't realize I would not be communicating with those people after that. So the incident that happened where he wasn't supposed to say anything happened, I think, a year to a year and a half later. But because I wasn't going to be communicating with them anymore, I, they needed me to tell him that message then. Hmm. And you're talking people in the unseen world. Right. They, whenever I say they, like uh, God, the angels, messengers guides. needed me yeah. to, yeah, the guides needed me to give him that message. And they had the knowing that I would not be communicating with them anymore, even though I didn't. I didn't know that would be, if not the last time, one of the last times I would be seeing him. So they did get that message across, clear and very to the point. And then we went our separate ways. Um, another example is a gentleman came in um, for a, I think it was a healing. And all of a sudden I'm saying, you need to get out from behind the eight ball. You need to, your contract's about to end. Your lease is about to end. You need to fix these things. No, 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 I'm fine. And so they repeated it like four or five times. And on his way out the door, he looked at me and he said, you know, get out for, because the person kept saying, you need to get out from behind the eight ball. You need to get. And so he, as he left, he looked at me and said, the last time I heard that was from my father who passed away. Oh, right. That get out from behind the eight ball right. statement. So he called me within a week. I want to say even two days later and said, my lease is up. They're not renewing it. My contract at work is up. I need to find a new place. I need to come back and talk to you again. Wow. So the things you said that came through you happened. How about with the first young man with the not to talk to the police? Yeah. Did you find out? Yeah, he, um, yeah, that's a really unfortunate. He was arrested um, and he did not heed that warning is all I can say. Okay. He gotcha. did not heed that warning. So, yes, yeah, so that did not, um, that's a really, that one just hurts my heart. Okay. So. Well, that and that just shows, too, as human beings, we have free will. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, we can yeah. all choose and be responsible for our choices. 
Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, and it really, that is such a true statement. No matter what message I, so many times I get the message, this isn't the right person for you, or (laughs) there's somebody else that will be, and we as humans, we don't either want to be alone. We don't want to know that yet. We want, we think here's, here's what, and I'm so guilty of this myself. When a relationship ends, we think we've failed. We don't look at it as an accomplishment that we fulfilled that part of a contract, no matter how long that contract was meant to be. We think, oh my gosh, I didn't make this last until I died, so I failed. Hmm. And that is such a skewed, just such a misconception and such a horrible way to look at a relationship um, that that has ended. we have to take into account the fact that perhaps whatever we were supposed to learn from that person, either we're not learning it or the contract is over. Now, every single relationship that we're in is to teach us love, to love ourselves and by proxy to love either others, either others. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if we stop learning, to love ourselves or others, that relationship must. No two ways. I'm I'm channeling, so I hope everybody enjoys this. Must. No two ways about it. It must come to an end. It must stop. We can never be compromised in the area of love. Never. So if we stop loving, the relationship must stop. Did I say that correctly? Yes. So if, if, if we're, we are in a relationship and that relationship goes into, let's just call it negative or downward spiral, or there's more uh, criticism than compliments, at that point, we, being those from above, will start to help you either reconcile that or move on to a new relationship. It is never the agenda to be in a situation that allows you to compromise the love that you have for yourself or for anyone else. Hmm. Well, while you're channeling this, I I know we're going to talk about why you believe in life after death in a second, but I think this is an important thing. There are many of us that have experienced grief that have had family situations and fighting over the will and, you know, all that sort of things. And relationships um, can come to an end or to a standstill. And I know even for myself, there's been a lot of um, guilt and worry. And from a little girl's point of view, you know, I, I've always believed that you do whatever it takes to mend a relationship, especially if it's somebody you know, that is a family member, or if you're married to somebody until death do we part. Um, are you saying that the relationship, it's okay if they don't continue or that we shouldn't try? Yes. Okay, so in some cases, no matter how much you try, that other person is going to remain who they are until they intrinsically repair what needs repair. Clearly, if 
you as a person with this other, if you could fix it, you, it would have been fixed already. Mm-hmm. And your spirit cannot be, your heart, your spirit cannot be compromised. Now, let me go one step further into the life after. Whatever is not repaired here, when we go back home, we and back home being what a lot of people on this plane call heaven, mm-hmm. when we leave this plane and we go back to the heaven plane or back home, there we have no uh, discourse with anyone okay because the the ego is gone the negativity is gone the flesh is gone that which we seek to protect that which we think we need to protect is gone and all that's left is the love the spirit and that goes back home so then we're in this place of abundance and spirit and we can see as we look down the plan and the path that everybody is on and why things happened the way they did. How how that all worked out in uh, kind of a sequence as it was supposed to. Hmm. Now, the other thing I will say about this is that as you move forward in life, when those people come in that are, um, that in any way compromise love for you, the one question I tell people to ask, if a complete and total stranger came up to you and behaved this way to you, you would walk away and not think, oh, I need to find that stranger and fix this. You would walk away and probably say, wow, that person really has something wrong. They need to address that. Right. You wouldn't say, I need to find them and fix it. So if we would not put up with it from a complete and total stranger on the street, why would we accept anything like that from somebody who supposedly loves us? Interesting. I had no idea this conversation was going to go this way. And I, it's important to me, not only in my own family, some relationships since my dad died, but I've had a number of listeners and readers of my own book who experienced the exact same thing. Um, some relationships really struggle and, and we find ourselves trying to strategize how to fix them. And, you know, of course you can't fix another person, but it, it is, it sounds a, kind of refreshing that it's okay to let go. And, and it, it doesn't, you know, in my heart of hearts, there's always still faith, mm-hmm. but to be able to trust. So, Sandra, the, I and I want to state, again, I am channeling. So you have been asking for an answer to a certain question or situation in your life, and we are coming through and we are telling you this now. You didn't prompt for this information to come through. It just started to come through. And the one thing that we want to say is, as you go on, the more sometimes the more you try to fix something, the more the other person might think it is, your fault, that's why you're trying to fix it. Mm. Or the more they might say, well, we'll just let her keep behaving that way because it is in our benefit. It behooves us. You know, it, it works out good for us to let her try to fix this. Um, and when you step back and say, okay, I've done nothing wrong. I am in true spirit here. Mm-hmm. And if they want to meet me in that space, then they will. Don't compromise who you are or what you believe in to accommodate somebody else's 
uh, erroneous thoughts is the best way that we can say it because then you're feeding into their erroneous thoughts and telling them that they might have a legitimate thought when it is actually erroneous. Hmm. And I want our listeners to know too, that even though you're having this conversation with me, our problems are not unique, our situations. And if this resonates for you sitting on your couch or driving your car or taking your walk right now, listen, you know, right? Um, really and listen, this is not just for me. No. And, and you know what? I, and this is, you know, me, Tony saying, you know, I have situations in my family, too, where um, there's a member of my family who I might struggle with sometimes in communication. And I, I just step back until I'm in that place again where I can be strong enough and go, OK, I think I can communicate with this person. But if I can't, I totally back away until I can, because we cannot compromise um, who we are or or, any, you know how do I say this? We can't compromise our own um, energy, daily spirit, whatever, however we want to say this. Um, And if you're not at a point where you can completely say, I'm just, I'm done with this. That's okay. Just small amounts, small amounts, small small amounts. Um, But for whatever reason, this message is coming through. And when a message comes through like this, it's for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I always know that. There's no <laughs> doubt in my mind either. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And a lot of this does happen when we lose a loved one. And there's uh, some havoc that gets wreaked in our brains when we're grieving. But let's back up a little, uh, Tony, yeah. and, and talk Absolutely. a little bit about you and why you believe in life after death. And we'll get back okay. to more about channeling because I'm fascinated by this. But... Um, yeah. What, okay. What so, do you have to share? Um, I have never, I was not brought up with religion. I was not brought up in religion, any sort of religion. I did go to church a couple of times. I think I was, I was actually confirmed. I'm, I probably was baptized, but in between all of that, there were, you know, other than the Christmas and Easter church service, there was not a lot of um, religion instilled in me. And even at, as far back as I can remember, when somebody was pa- would pass, I would never be upset. I would think, oh, they, they're, they're home. They're in a better place. I just intuitively, I just knew that. Um, even though I didn't understand it, even though I didn't know what that was about, I would just know that. And growing up in the house, in at least one of the houses that I lived in growing up, my mother would always say, oh, there are ghosts in this house and never, ever elaborate past that. I knew one of them was a woman. I knew there was a closet I would not go into. (laughs) I didn't even want to put my hand in it. Um, But I knew that that I had a, a knowing of ghosts and I didn't understand what ghosts meant even I just knew that they were there and it was no big deal um and then I moved into a home that was uh very spirited we'll say and uh I saw amazing things in this home I saw big blue orbs I saw um white orbs and I also saw a lot of um people who had passed on, I would see their physical form. Mm. And this is 
in this house, I want to say, as far as I can recall, this house is the first time I recall seeing um, spirits in a house. I, I would have a knowing they were there. I would have a sense they were there. But this is the first time I really started seeing them. And that is in O2. This started happening. So I was guided to help them pass on how to do this, what to do and how to help them and, um, and to, to help them go home, so to say. And from that, I understood that there's, there's no end. And in that house, I would talk a lot to guides, angels. Um, I would call in Archangel Michael all the time, all the time. And, um, just have these really profound conversations and get these messages like as you go out, so shall you come in, um, you know, the life you create or the, the space that you make is the space you return to. So that helped me to understand I really needed to start um, evolving more myself because if there was any chance I was coming back, I wanted to come back a little higher up on the on the mm-hmm. evolutionary chart, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never ever um, believed in in like we just disappear, we just disappear. And then when I started getting like I knew I channeled, and I've I've always known there were angels. But when I started getting the messages, specific messages, like when that guy said that. That's what I haven't heard that since my father passed. Mm-hmm. Then it really solidified everything for me. It really made it like, okay, not only do we go to a better place, but they're there trying to get messages to us. They're they're trying to tell us stuff. They're trying to help us here. That's what they're part of what they're doing is they're they're saying, hey, 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 pay attention. Listen to me. And we all have that little voice every once in a while that we hear that'll go, hey, do this or turn here or go there. Yes. And we say, oh, that, that's my intuition. That's my this. No, no, no. That, that just might be somebody on the other side who's watching out for you. It might be a loved one. It might be a guide. It might be even an angel. Angels usually kind of have a roar, roar feeling to them, though. When they say something, you kind of go, okay. without knowing okay okay yeah I'm on that I'm on that um so but yeah that's that's how I have a knowing plus I've um I can see loved ones sometimes some loved ones I hear some loved ones I see so sometimes if I'm talking to someone I'll say oh this person their, their face just popped up in front of me this is what they look like and the person will say yeah that's so and so now, if we just disappear, how is this person popping up and giving them messages about their future and wh- where they should go and what they should do? Right. Yeah. So that's, that's um, I've always had the knowing, not knowing, uh, you know, we come in with that knowing and certain teachings take that knowing away from us or dissuade that knowing. But if we hold on to that knowing that we come in with, then we can move forward without fear. Hmm. When did you decide to hang your shingle as a medium? Oh gosh, that's such a great question. Um, 
So I have a sister who is a very, very uh, strict Christian. Mm -hmm. And um, I must say, even though my mom believes in ghosts, my family doesn't really love my work. <laughs> <laughs> which is funny because I've had nights where all of my lineage is in my room and I've called my mom freaking out going, all these people are here and I'm explaining who they are to her. And she's like, Oh, that's, that's your grandpa. That's my pa. That's this, that's this. And I'm like, okay, well they want me to tell you these things. Um, but still no, no acknowledgement of it. Maybe because it's just so normal to her. But, um, in about three years ago, and I was really nervous to come out, and I'll, I will definitely use that term. Mm -hmm. I was so nervous to come out and to say this is what I did because I thought some of the people that I truly cared about, I would not have communication with them anymore. And um, I, I knew what I did. I knew it was all of love. I knew it was good. But... I actually, um, three years ago, approximately called my sister and said, listen, this is what I do. And I can't not do it anymore because I was up all night long for like quite some time just because they were saying, you have to do this. You have to do this. You, you, I was doing it, but they wanted me to do it more publicly. And yes. it, the timing, the contract or the timing, it was there and it was time. And she said, and I love her so much. She said, that's fine. Just don't bring it around me or my kids and we'll good. And mm -hmm. I went, really? That's it? All, all of that nervousness and fear and that's it? I said, okay. So I set up my webpage and the very next week, the radio station, Ask One Radio, contacted me and said, we want you to have a show on our station. And I said, oh, okay. So I see why the timing had to be then. Yes. So, so that's when approximately three years ago is when I uh, came out and went public with it, if you will. Yes. And then um, what was it like, and maybe you could share a story or two, uh, not naming your clients, but some of the interesting things that you were able to bring through that you couldn't possibly know. Is there any of that that comes to mind? Oh, my gosh. So, so much. I mean, there are tons of testimonials on my website, but just this past weekend, okay, this past weekend, I did an event in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I did a Facebook Live feed, um, a Facebook Live video, and the reason I'm saying this is because during this um, Facebook Live video, I fanned the camera out to the seats and an orb pops up in front of the camera I don't know this at the time, so I'm moving the camera around to show the seats I want to fill. This orb is trying to stay in front of the camera. Awesomeness. So later on, I looked at it and I posted that. So if anybody wants to go take a look at that, that is a loved one or an angel. It's an orb from the other side saying, hey, we're here. Pay attention to us. Look at me trying to stay in front of this camera. She's moving. This is on your Facebook uh, page? It is. It's on my Facebook page. It's on my uh, Tony Green Psychic Channel Medium page. Well, I have four Facebook pages. It's on all of them. Go <laughs> to the one that says, <laughs> go to the one uh, that states, see the orb when I fan out. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, and for our listener, just and, a quick, if you go to We Don't Die Radio, 
com and click on episode 134. That's Tony's episode. So all of these links and her website are right there for you. Easy. Oh, perfect. That's easy. a better way to do it. Yeah. Easy, easy. Exactly. So at this, e- yes, at this event there, um, when I do my live events, I will say who I see, but I'll also allow people to ask questions um, about loved ones on the other side. So one of the first people that came in, um, there was, um, I was saying, there's a guy over here. He's really skinny. He's very skinny, very skinny. I think he, he, he must have been sick in the end because he was very thin and nobody claimed this poor, you know, man. And I'm like, well, they don't go away. If you do not claim them, they do not leave. They stay until the end of the show and they keep popping up to me. So then I said, Okay, now there's a guy over here named Al or Albert and and that 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 and this gentleman raised his hand and he said, um, could they be together? And I said, it's possible. He said, that's my like my father and my uncle. And I said, awesome. Now there's there's absolutely no way I could have known that. And then then we chatted a little bit about that message that they had. And at that same event, and the reason I'm comfortable giving these messages is because this event was filmed um, for the show Quality of Life with Dave Augustine. So that this event will be made public on television. Oh, great. Yes. So there was another girl who raised her hand and said, you know, her brother has addictions and her mother who passed from addiction came through and just started saying, you know, just explaining all of it. And I mean, the whole audience was in tears from this. And she was like, it's it was um, it started in the womb. It, It was because of my addiction and blah, 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 blah. And then there was another woman who raised her hand. She said, I lost uh, two friends in an airplane crash. And right away, I saw the two friends sitting on an, it, either side of her. And it, she sat down by herself and nobody sat in the two chairs next to her. But that was because her friends were sitting there who are now on the other side. Wow. I saw them. And I said to her, I said, they're still flying high. They're, you know, I described them and everything that they wanted me to tell her. I said, they're right next to you. They're just loving life. And it's even better than here. And just saying all these things. And afterwards, she came up. She said, you described them to a T, absolutely to a T. And um, they were uh, uh, two gentlemen who who had the greatest life together and just had so much fun during life. And we're still together in the afterlife, just still having like that greatest time. So those are three examples of people from the other side coming through and just confirming, giving answers and helping people lead them on their path. Yeah. When you know that somebody's okay and not, it's beyond okay. They're having parties, they're, having parades, they're having big reunions, they're having a great time. And and here we are, you know, and grief can be so tough. So that's one yes. thing important with me in these shows is if we can bring a little lightness to it. And grief is tough. I'm not going to take that away from anybody. It's something we go through. No, um, right. But to know our loved ones so, are fine. And can I, can I even add, there's two sure. things I want to add here that are really important for people to know. The first thing is, Part of 
When we go to the other side, those we leave behind, it's my understanding based on the messages I get and what I've personally experienced um, from those on the other side, part of what they do is they try to resolve that grief that they've left behind. So they don't want, um, they don't want us to suffer because they're in a place of pure love, mm-hmm. right? right. Um, so they're trying to let us know they're okay and that it's okay to be okay. Like we as a people don't know, like we think, that, not that, you know, there's a certain amount of time to mourn, but we have a little bit of guilt if we feel okay, like, oh my gosh, I should still maybe feel sad about this. I can't celebrate this. He's gone. I need to show how how horrible of a thing this is. And don't get me wrong. Our hearts hurt. I lost uh, my, I lost somebody who is one of my soulmates and there are times I'll still break down and cry a little bit. Of course. But then his face pops up and he's like, he will make a joke and be like, really? Really? And he'll make <laughs> me start laughing. Now, I'm very blessed and fortunate because I can see his face and I can hear his jokes. Not everybody has that. You know, we, we're all born with it, but we don't hold on to it. And the second thing that's really important, somebody on the other side just wants me to say this. And so that people can really, really, really get this. If there was discourse, an argument, anger, um, before this person left, and you're wondering if they're angry with you because of a choice you made or because of something you did, they're not. They're not upset with you. I cannot tell you the number of clients that come to me and say, you know, when I was 16, I chose the, is he still angry with me? Or, you know, uh, did, did I do their ceremony correct? Are they upset with me? And the one thing I can say is they have nothing. It's like that song. They, they, they often, um, come through me in, in verse, um, Got nothing but love for you, baby. Got nothing but love for you, baby. Um, so they, they they want you to know, and somebody is keep singing this. I think it's a Beatles song. You can't buy me love. I don't know. But they, they often will try to communicate with you in verse also, because that is the easiest way for them to connect with us is through music. The music we listen to, the music we um, play over and over again in our heads. So if you're asking a question to heaven or to whomever you pray to or to a loved one, say, okay, I'm going to turn on the radio. The next song I hear, there's going to be something in that song that will give me the answer I'm searching for. Inevitably, it will be spot on and you will start cracking up. Um So they just want you to know they're in a space of love and they do not hold grudges, regrets, any of that, because that's human. That is a human element. Guilt, shame, fear. Those are all human elements, not spirit elements. So please, please, please understand that once they go home, all of that uh, and it's hard for us to even begin to comprehend that because we, 
we have those elements and we try to get rid of them and we can't. But they're saying, they say to me all the time, no, there's no anger. I'm not upset. I have nothing but love to give you. And I want to heal any discourse that may exist. I want to help you to be this love while you are in the flesh. That's the biggest message that I get. Wow. Great. And, well, one of them. Yeah. And you keep mentioning going home. It, it, so there's a home and then we just come to be on the, in the flesh, kind of like a, a little vacation to learn some stuff. Is that what? Yes. Okay. <laughs> How's that so, for yes, putting it, so awesome. the Thank meaning you. of I life? Wish, simple. Yes. I wish you could see my face right now. I have the biggest dorkiest smile on my face right now that I get to say. So, um, there's a book by Anita Morajani called Dying to Be Me. Mm-hmm. I love this book, but she explains that she was in a near-death accident for a number of, uh, for like, for a period of time where she was around observing and she observed it as different planes. And often, even before I read this book, I would refer to it as planes. Like this is our plane. Earth is our plane. And heaven, what we call heaven is another plane. But there are also other planes that go higher um, as we evolve. Hmm. And this is not the lowest plane, by the way. And not that there's a, um, not that there's a judgment to them. There's just lessons that we're learning. And the more lessons we learn, and the lesson is always love, the more we evolve. Okay. So having said that, um, home is the afterlife life state that exists on a plane that is parallel with ours. So when I see loved ones who have gone to this place that I call home or this plane, they usually are about three feet off the ground. They're floating about three feet off the ground. But it, it's it's in our, I want to say it's in our dimension, so to say. They're right there by us, but they can be be with you and they can be with your siblings. So if you're asking for them, just like the angels and and every, you know, Jesus can be everywhere. Buddha can be everywhere um, because it's a consciousness at that point. But your loved ones can be with you and with others, and they will come through at any time that you wish for them to come through. They can come through and they can communicate with you in whatever way is acceptable for you to receive that communication. So some people don't want to see them because that would scare the bejesus out of them. And they might think it's a false uh, imprint which mm-hmm. or their imagination. But the first way loved ones come to you, and Sandra, you'll probably confirm this, is in your dreams. They come to you and they look good and they look happy and you're like, they look so happy in the dream. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because they are. They, they, they're in a place of love. They're in the space of love and the reason they come to you in the dream first is because that's the easiest way to let you see them and to see that they are okay in the dream and then you're supposed to get some peace from that to know that they're okay but we often think well it was just a dream and typically when they meet with us if there's communication it's in the beginning but there's typically very little communication because They don't need words. We speak with our hearts in that state. And it's usually in a very peaceful, lovely place, right? Hmm. When my my soulmate uh, friend passed away, he came to me in a dream and he 
he was always hiding stuff like in floorboards and here and there. And it was typically usually money or something like that. Um, but he was really thought he was okay. He, I'm sorry. He was very clever mm-hmm. in doing that. Um, so after he passed, he showed me a few places where money, where he had hid some things. I'm not sure it was money, but I went to this particular home where his mother was. And um, I yes, I had been in that home previously, but the area he showed me in the dream, I was like, that can't be right. There's a motorcycle sitting in the basement. I must be misunderstanding this. Maybe he means the garage. But as I walked through the home, with his mother through that basement area with the mother. And I pointed out the areas that he showed me the one room with the motorcycle where he walked me into the basement where this motorcycle was sitting in the basement and he pointed up on a shelf as I walked through the basement of this home. And then I saw the motorcycle. Everything was exactly as he showed me in the dream. And I, pointed up to the right down to the motorcycle and the parts of it being on on mm-hmm. these uh, counter thing and I pointed up to the shelf I said up there and then I pointed to one more area and I said in there and and then I went to where um, one more place where there was some floorboards I said under this carpeting right there and she said go ahead I said no this is not for me this is for you he wants me to show for you for all that you had um for all the ruckus he caused in sure. your life, this is his giving back to you. So she she and I never had a conversation about what she found, and that was not for me to know, and I didn't care. I was just happy to be the messenger in that case. He, If he wanted to bring me things, he would have done that in a completely different way. Wow, what a but gift yes. for her, though. Oh, yeah. And for her, and I would tell her about the dreams for a while. But then after a while, I was like, okay, I need, she knew he was there every night on her bed. She would feel him. And when she would wake up in that, like, half awake, half asleep state, she would see him. And he would be right there. And most often, they are with us while we sleep, because that's the easiest time for them to start the healing processes on us. And that's really what they want to do. That's wonderful. Um, my my mind is all over the place. Did you were you a, a hypnotist or hypnotherapist before being a medium? Well, I've been. Um, uh, good question. Okay, so I could see spirit before I became a hypnotist yep. because I started. I knew about ghosts most for as long as I can remember. In 02, I started seeing them, sensing them, and really feeling them from the house I lived in. And there are no coincidences. I was put in that house for a reason. I learned a lot about spirit and guides and angels in that house and how to work with them. Um, and then in 06, 06, I think it was 06, I became, a, I started using healing abilities. Mm-hmm. And then in 06, Seven or oh nine, I became a hypnotist. Um, but at every client that came through, I was um, giving them messages and seeing things and would relate that to them before I publicly became an official public 
medium. Does that, does that make sense? I'm trying to answer that question. (laughs) The last guest we had on Dr. Ian Rubenstein is a physician and Mm -hmm. he was giving medium readings to his patients. I mean, like he still is a physician. Um, So I can completely get it. Um, yes. Completely get it. Um, but it, it's, there's no but here. I started with but, shouldn't have. Um, one thing I feel very powerful about or very passionate about is when we get to know that we're not just these bodies, that our life is for a purpose. Um, maybe you could tie in a little bit about hypnosis and empowering people. Because I, I have a real sense about you that you want to empower people on everyone's life's paths to the best of the ability. Would it be okay if you spoke a little bit about hypnosis and, and what kind of things you do in that realm as well? Yeah. So uh, thank you. And I do, it is my passion. I, we come here to learn of course, and to have this amazing life and anything I can do to help somebody have that amazing life. I'm all in on. So hypnosis, as most people know, it's everything from stop smoking, losing weight to, um, to some really, now not all hypnotists do this. And some hypnotists say that if you're don't, you need to be a legitimate hypnotist and only do the West Western side of this. But I've done group hypnosis where I've helped people go to the other side and see their loved ones or talk wow. with their guides and their angels. And right in we, Oh my gosh, I could, again, just, this makes my soul just so happy to speak about even, um, I'll have a group of people that really want, they want to, to do this. They want spiritual awakening. So we will we'll do a session where we go and we visit and, and we go to a room where they can see, know, or sense that their guides, angels, loved ones, whomever they choose can be there. And then as I'm watching the tears um, start to come out of their eyes and I'm like, yes, not because they're crying, but because I know they've made they contact. The sure. Happening. Yes. And once you do that, the first, you might not always be able to do it on the first time, but most of my people can. Um, I think there's only been one person that didn't on the very first time. But once you do it the first time, you can do it again and again and again. And once you have that knowing that they're there and it's love and it's light and they, they want to help you, Forget about it. It's it's on. It's on. So there's so healing. It is. It is. And so that's the like those are the two far sides of hypnosis. Everything from stop smoking to let's go visit your loved one on the other side. In between there, there's healing for from PTSD. And um, oh no, my little Max is going to start barking now. Uh, Maxie, come here. Uh, everything from PTSD to, uh, you know, which includes not only for veterans that are coming home or have been home for a while, but childhood abuse and um, childhood, any kind of childhood abuse, emotional abuse, any kind of abuse that we've suffered throughout life. And that I really love healing that because that help that when we have that abuse, 
it makes us feel less than and we don't love ourselves as much. And then as soon as we start getting into healing it, we can bring that love back that and be whole again. Mm, that's beautiful. Are you snapping your fingers for your dog? I'm sorry, I am because there's a squirrel outside the window. It, it's quite all right. It's it's really funny. We had one episode that this woman was trying so hard to just keep everything very professional. And all of a sudden I hear snoring in the background and it was a dog <laughs> snoring. It was so funny. It just makes you more lovable. It, it's, oh. this is reality. It's okay. It's, it's kind Thank of fun. You. What kind of dog is Max? Um, I have two hairless Chinese Cresteds. So Max oh. is uh, the male hairless Chinese and, uh, Bella is the female. So I always joke, I adopted Chinese. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to Google what those dogs look like. Could you oh, tell us a little yeah, bit about ahead. your book? Sorry to interrupt. Um, your books. Because yeah. I, I okay. started looking on Amazon today. And you've got, I see four of them that say The Ever-Evolving Journey for the Soul. And then there's more to it. So what, what are your books about? Yeah. So, um as I stated earlier, as we go out, so shall we come in. That means however far we evolve in this life, in the area of love, especially, or knowing and or understanding, that's where we come back. If we come back in, that's where we come back in to pick up again. Now, these books were channeled, and they're very specific, they're very, very specific in this way. It's not a, a book that you just read through. It's kind of a word of the day book, and they're under the category of meditation, but it's really the way it works is let's I'll take a word from from one of the books is tolerance. And I don't remember what book exactly that is from. But as you fall asleep, you breathe in the word tolerance and then you breathe it out. You do that three or four times as you fall asleep and then. Throughout, you know, throughout the day, you say the word tolerance as you take a slow, deep breath in and release it. And then again, when you wake up now, you can start the day with this or end the day with a new word, however you choose. And as you do this, you you you're you should not think about what the word tolerance means. You're just like taking a slow breath in, thinking that word and breathing out and thinking that word. And from my understanding our mind will put the true definition, but not only the true definition, but the behavior of that word back into our systems. Wow. So these words were channeled, not only the, the words were channeled to me, but the order that each word goes in, in each book, the days uh, for the words were channeled down through me also. The first book I wrote was um, The Ever-Evolving Journey for the soul. The second one was love. And then the second one was success. And the last one I, I did was awakening. And it's quite amusing. If you know me, I'm a little dyslexic. <laughs> and um, have I always joke, uh, English and grammar are uh, just two, two words in the dictionary to me. Um, I really have no comprehension of them. So whenever I say I one of my friends said, no effing way did you write a book. I said, four. And they're like, you've got to be kidding me. Because even to write a note, I'm like, can you spell check this note for me? Um, so 
but I, when I did these books, I did them one right after the other, kind of in a writing, almost like a writing frenzy as this information was coming through me. Yes. And it was so, when I was done, I, I, I don't, I don't feel very, um, I, I don't, I don't, I want to use the word proud. Like, I'm not like, Oh my God, I wrote this book. I'm so proud of myself. I, I simply channeled a book. I brought information from above for those who it's meant for at this time when it's the book that's right for you. And when it's right for you, we'll, we'll call you and you'll find it and you'll be able to do that. And so it's, it's quite amazing. And I am working on two more books. Um, one is channeled messages, which is kind of like poems or a daily message. And the other one is um, a life. It's about our, how we uh, comparing our life to a frequency, if you will. So those are the two that will be coming down the pike soon, I guess. And again, they are channeled. All of them are channeled. Um, how can people get in touch with you? And do you do like hip, no sessions over the internet or does somebody have to be face to face with you or your medium readings? Tell us a little bit yeah. about that. Okay. So you can contact me. The best way is my website, uh, Tony G T O N I G dot info. Um, on there, you'll see uh, replays of my radio show because my radio show is now on video. You'll see some interviews. I have, I've hypnotized uh, Dave Augustine, um, it, it, so there's a lot of information on my website and that's the best way for people to contact me and mm -hmm. get information about me basically. And see what you do and the different realms that you, you work yeah. with. There's a lot. There's a lot. There is. I mean, there, there, I can do distant healings. I can do in-person healings. I can do, um, I, I do a healing called the look of love where I just simply gaze at a person and that, um, they start healing. Wow. I mean that. I see a white, almost like a white tube come over them and just start working on them. And it's simply amazing. Um, I do Skype um, healings, Skype hypnosis, Skype readings, also phone hypnosis, phone readings, awesome. and, and in person. I also do some events. So if you, if you want to bring me to your area to do an event, I am all in on that as well and soon sandra can i announce it this will be the first time i announce this i will have a television show soon on yes. wsbs yes and i'm hoping sandra is going to be one of my guests yes yes, yes i will i most definitely <laughs> will yeah. um can we close the show can you channel on demand and ask Absolutely. your guides just for um, maybe just closing the show, what, what words really need to be heard and spend a couple minutes doing that? Would that be all right? Absolutely. And then I can just, well, I'll, I'll just say goodbye to everybody at the end. But if you don't mind, cause there's, there's always a message I think we need to hear. And, um, and I thank everyone from listening, but I just, I'm really interested in your channeling and, and just what, what do they want to say? Okay. And before I go into this, I just want to say again, Sandra, thank you. It was such an honor to be on your show. And I, I can't wait to have you on my shows, but here we go. Um, back uh, when I first uh, purchased that house in 2002, I would lie in bed and pray and say, what, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And they would say, love, just love. 
and I didn't get it. And I'm going to get a little bit emotional about this because they come through me and this feeling is now coming through me. And if you uh, just focus on the words here, you may feel this yourself. To understand that the whole reason you are here is to understand that you are love. You come from love. You return to love. You are that pure love. There is no flaw, nothing wrong, nothing to be fixed within you other than the illusion that you are not love. As you take action from that space of love, you dissolve the fear. There are only two things in this world, love and fear, faith and fear. But since fear is an illusion that you have made real, it becomes the second thing. In reality, there is only love. Love is all that exists. Once we get back to that space of pure love, knowing, being, existing of love, you are home again in your heart where you belong. You can achieve that on this plane, but most people get caught up in the idea of, okay, I'll be love once I have the money, once I have the title, once I have the success, once I have the, the person I am to marry. What you don't understand is you cannot get what you are not. It is an outside extremity, like a piece of clothing that you're trying to put onto you. Once you are love, you are all encompassing. You exist everything that is, and everything that is, is also you. To be love, to let go of fear, puts you at one of the highest vibratory rates available on this plane. As you become that vibratory plane, everything that is good that you are seeking will also be of your vibration and will come to you naturally and in alignment with you. The vibration that you currently reside at shows up every day at your doorstep in the mirror that vibration, whether it's a mixture of fear and faith or, or can't and can, shows up every day as you move forward. The more you let go of or dissolve the fear, the more you act and are of love. If we can tell you to do one thing to help you to get here, it would be to realize that you come from a place that is pure and whole, and you are what you come from, not what you have made in your mind, the illusionary effect of fear. And it's not even the fear, it's the effect of thinking about fear. Every day you have fear for, oh, what if, what if, what if, just change that statement that follows what if. What if the best thing happens? What if everything is okay? What if I am truly love? You know truth when you hear it. You know deep inside of you when you hear, I am love. I am pure love. It hits something that has not been hit in a while. Allow that to open and expand throughout your whole being. Say it with me. I am love. I am love. I am love. 
that is all you can be. That is all you are supposed to be. And as you live more from that space, you truly have all of your dreams come true. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much, Tony, and those who spoke through you. That was beautiful. Thank you. It's absolutely my honor and my pleasure. Wow. Absolutely. Thank you, Sandra, so much. Wow, wow. And I want to remind our listener, if you go to wedontdieradio.com, click on episode 134. I have all the links to Tony Green, her books, her website, or you could go to tonyg.info, which is her website directly. So in closing, this is Sandra Champlain, and I have the privilege of being your host on We Don't Die Radio. And I do believe that life is an education for the soul and that our lives here on earth are important. Someday we will go home, but we're going to make it count for while we're here. And love. I just love that simple, simple four-letter word, love. So thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.